If you want to follow along in a Bible this morning, we have Bibles available at all of the corners of the sanctuary. And our scripture text this morning comes from Matthew 1. So that's found on page 1 in the second set of page numbers. So Matthew 1, we're going to read verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this word set before us this morning. And we pray that as we reflect on it, that same spirit might be working in our hearts this morning. That we might remember how much you love us because of this baby that you sent and that we might be moved to work in your world as you moved Mary and Joseph. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. And the first 17 verses that we didn't read this morning are a list of names So if you're someone who is trying to read cover to cover and you're like, finally made it to the New Testament, this probably was a little discouraging as you're like, I thought I was done with lists. (laughs) You'd made it through Numbers and Leviticus. You're like, yeah, get more narrative. And then there's names. (laughs) Most of which are probably unfamiliar to most of us couple of them maybe were like, I think I remember that. But it's a lot of them. And yet, Matthew is telling us this is important. This is where we start. This long history of people who followed God, but in generations that just kept getting it wrong, that had people rise up to try to help, to try to save the people, but ultimately they ended up back in sin again. 
But this list also tells us how important a name is. It's not just these were the ancestors, but it's these were the specific people, and their names are worth saying. And we see the importance of name as we enter our passage today, as Jesus, the Messiah, is given a couple different names. And the fascinating thing is that Jesus is not the first Jesus in the Bible, necessarily. It looks different, but Joshua, Isaiah, and Hosea actually all have that same name, meaning to save. And in the Old Testament, we see the places where they were each called to rise up and save the people of Israel. But it was a temporary saving. And it was Isaiah who actually gave us that prophecy that we see in verse 23, saying there is someone else coming who's going to be even greater. And his name shall not only be Jesus, but it will also be Emmanuel. It's hinting to us that something new is happening. It's not just one more great leader who's going to provide a time of peace, a time of prosperity, perhaps save the Israel nation for a time. This isn't just another human who's trying to be obedient to God. This is God himself coming to be with us. This is the start of something new. And that's really this whole passage this morning. On this last Sunday of Advent, Christmas Eve is right around the corner. And this morning we're being told something new is about to happen. It might look like things that have happened in the past, but it's going to be grander. And we're invited to just wonder at it. Apart from the names, the story of Mary and Joseph also tell us that something different is happening. Because in the context and the culture of that time, this would have been unheard of. Your fiancé, whom you have not lived with, comes to you and somehow you find out she's pregnant. It doesn't actually say how Joseph finds out. We don't know if Mary nervously mentioned it or if that gossiping aunt of hers was like, well, I have my suspicions. Or maybe it was just far enough along in the pregnancy that even Joseph was kind of starting to figure it out. But however it happens, Joseph comes to hear 
that Mary is with child, and he knows it's not his. And he doesn't yet know or believe that it's of God. Even if he had heard, that would probably be a hard sell. Your girlfriend comes and is like, it was God. I wasn't unfaithful. It just, all those prophecies that for hundreds of years we've heard about, like, they're finally coming true, and I'm the chosen one. Joseph probably was like, okay, Mary, you can do better than that. (laughs) And yet we see that even though he's been put in this position of disgrace, he wants to do right by her. In their context, if he had publicly called her out, she could have been stoned to death. And Joseph, being a good man, does not want that for her. So he's going to deal with it quietly. He's decided on his own, you know, we're not going to get married. But he's going to deal with it in such a way that her and her family can kind of privately deal with this disgrace. And then the angel comes. My favorite part of this is that the angel comes while he's asleep. Because I feel like how often in our lives might we argue with God if we're awake and at our best? You know, it's like, no, no, this is not what I signed up for. But the angel comes when he's caught off guard and not really in a position to hash this out, but simply receive this message. God is doing something here. You and Mary are going to raise this child. And it's not just any child. It is God with you who's going to save his people from their sins. And Joseph says, okay. Something new is happening here. That visit from the angel is all it takes for Joseph to set aside his prior conviction and take Mary as his wife. To give her that protection in society. To be Jesus' father on paper so that he also has a place in society. And in that moment, when both Mary and Joseph have said yes, something new has happened. We often think about the book of Acts being the start of the church. And yet it starts right here. When two Teens say yes to the Holy Spirit. Say yes to being a part of the work of God in this world. That is the start of the Christian church. 
And that is the call that we have before us this morning. We spent the last three weeks preparing our hearts, focusing on this theme of from darkness to light, reflecting on what in our own hearts, what bits of darkness we need to shed so that we can fully embrace the light of Christ. I wonder what work Joseph had to do to really love that child as his own. To not worry about the social stigma. To not worry about what their families said. But simply trust that God was doing something new. And he was called to be a part of it. That's why we wait. That's why we have this season of preparation. Because if we just went from Easter to Christmas to Easter, we would just celebrate all the time. And that might sound like a lot of fun. But it would be easy to get caught up in the moment and lose sight of the things that we need to work on in ourselves. We might miss those quiet visits from God calling us to be a part of something new. Celebration seasons are pretty hectic. They're pretty crazy. Maybe that is actually why the angel got Joseph when he was sleeping. Because I can imagine that his household was pretty hectic when they heard his fiancée was pregnant. And that was the only moment of silence. Are we taking those moments in our lives to really hear what God might be calling us to? And are we ready to say yes as individuals and as a church. Because God is doing something new every day. And he calls us to be a part of it. We might celebrate the birth of Jesus once a year, This is the day we picked. But every single day, the Holy Spirit is working in and amongst us to do new and wonderful things. Are we ready to jump on board? Are we ready to be a part of that light shining to every nation. Because it's going to mean letting go of some things. It's going to mean being okay in uncomfortable situations. Letting some of our life plans be upended for God's plans. 
But the beautiful thing is, if we're ready and willing to say yes, new things are going to happen that are awe-inspiring, earth-shaking. And we can sit back and wonder at how good our God is. Because that's why we come every Sunday. To meet our God. And Christmas reminds us that we don't have to just hope God is out there somewhere. God came us. God said, it's not working. I'm going to do something new. And you get to be a part of it. His name was Jesus, but his name was also Emmanuel. God with us. If that doesn't make you just sit back and wonder, I don't know what else can. So you have two more days before we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Are you really ready for his coming. When you say, come, Lord Jesus, come, do you really mean it? Because when Jesus comes, things are going to change. It's going to be for the better, but it's going to be something new and different. And we have to be ready. Because Jesus is the one who saves us. But he also calls us to follow him. And to tell others of that great and glorious news of his coming. So are you ready? Are we, Christ Community Church, ready for the work of the Spirit to move us in new and different ways. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for how much you love us. We thank you that you heard our cries of we can't do this. And you loved us so much that you sent your son to be God with us, to save us from our sins. Lord, we pray that as we are right on the edge of celebrating his coming, that your spirit might finish that work in our hearts. 
those last things that we are clinging to, that we need to set down to truly celebrate your coming amongst us. Lord, help us be open to you. And Lord, let us not keep this light to ourselves, but be beacons of it around the world so that all might know that you came and you continue to love us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So God stepped into our darkness in the person of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior lived among us. He, God before the beginning of time, willingly came to live at a specific time and place. He came quietly to a young, unwed mother through the power of the Holy Spirit. He experienced our human joys and sorrows. The Lord of the universe became a helpless boy. He ate, he drank, he grew. He was like us, but without sin. Then the King of Kings showed us how to live. He healed the sick, cared for the least of society, and took time for children. He forgave and performed miracles. He loved and he served. He gave up his very life for his friends. He died the excruciating, disgraceful death of a criminal for us. Yet God raised him out of the tomb. He triumphed over death so that we too may live. This feast for which we gathers remembers Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. It proclaims the good news of forgiveness, nourishes us with Jesus' own life, and celebrates the sure hope we have of Jesus' coming. We serve a majestic God whose compassion moved him to send his only Son from heaven to earth. This son, born in a stable, lived and worked among us. He taught, he healed, he served, and he loved. This son loved so much, he died for us, rose for us, and lives for us. He ascended to heaven, where he is our mediator, interceding with the Father, on our behalf. 